Welcome to Strange Bedfellows Podcast, where no question is too dark, no topic too taboo. Join us to explore sexuality, self-help, and politics with our expert guests and friends. We believe that sexual rights are human rights and that we can all create a brighter world through education and conversation. I am a parent. I am a certified holistic sex educator. I am a longtime sex worker and adult industry entertainer. My name is Elle Stanger, and I'm a host of Strange Bedfellows Podcast. My name's John. You might know me as the audio engineer and editor of last season's podcast. I'm now returning as a co-host for season two. I'm a 22-year-old gay man who will share my perspective in the coming season. Join us while we explore and uncover the things that make us squirm, make us shiver, make us tingle in delight. Because sex and politics can make for some very strange bedfellows. Welcome back, everybody, to the second to the last episode of Strange Bedfellows. Um, John, how do you oh, feel? I know. Sad, honestly. Yeah, but- a little nostalgic, thinking like <laughs> back to the the early days. Um, mm-hmm. And I remember I f- it makes me think of like meeting you for the first time in Portland. And because uh, mm. this was right around the time that Unzipped had uh, was beginning to take off as an idea before it was even edited and then eventually mm-hmm. became... Uh, strange bedfellows evolved Mm -hmm. and uh yeah yeah you and me were working yep on a previous podcast it has been a long four years of it's funny I was sitting in my office this morning and I have an office like what the fuck like that's so weird (laughs) I feel like a grown-up you know um so it's it's been cool to grow on this path of hey, I really like sex and let's talk about it to, hey, there's something valuable here. I want to learn more about it. Oh, I want to teach more about it. I want other people to teach about it. So this has been great to grow. And we made so many good connections like and friends. Yeah, um, it's really been like a give and take, um, which has been nice. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Like we've been hearing from people in the community that, you know, we've helped them, but then we also get messages from people that say stuff that we'd never heard before or thought about. Um, and I feel like we got a chance to sort of learn from people and teach people, which is like mm-hmm. ideal. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh my God. I love it. I think in activism, that's like what the goal should be. Yeah. <laughs> a circle jerk. Activism yep. can be a circle jerk. That should have been an episode. Activism can be a circle jerk. Um, so let's talk about, you know, onward the future um i want to talk a little bit about aging and sexuality i would have loved to have an expert guest on for this but um, we get to hear from a lot of my 40 and older friends uh in a little bit on how their bodies and their and their preferences or you know what else can change over time orientation gender identity kinks so we're going to talk about that um we'll talk a little bit to have a a really old gay guy and a really young gay guy and a really mm. old uh, lesbian and a really young lesbian and like maybe mm-hmm. uh, a really old trans person and a really young trans person and just mm-hmm. like contrast all those experiences um, mm-hmm. to sort of get like a spectrum of, uh, of you know, what, what has changed. Mm-hmm. Um, well, I have a lot of piss and vinegar still in me, so I would love to continue creating media and hosting conversations in the future. But for now, you know, pretty soon we're going to need a break. So but we're not done yet. <laughs> um, so 
I I don't like to think about, I'll be honest, myself getting visibly older as someone who currently markets themselves on their like youthful, you know, or like mature sexuality. So, um, you know, when I hear things like thinning of the vaginal walls or like, God, you know, what else? Like a shrinking, uh, shrinking labia, like after menopause, that, that bums me out. (laughs) Um, but of course everybody's different and people say that menopause can be helpful for them. Um, so we're going to go into it. We're just going to hear a ton of, ton of feedback. Um, Also super quick, uh, super quick side note. I do believe, and I could be wrong. So like research this, but, um, some women have saline injected into their labias in order to Mm. engorge them. Um, Mm -hmm. and you can do that like a little bit over time to like, uh, like expand the the elasticity of the skin too i think yeah <laughs> gives a new uh, meaning to the term salty <laughs> get that salt water in your pussy john and i we're going to continue uh journaling and sharing photos on our patreon so if you're interested to see what we're doing next uh follow us there um yeah so john what do you do you have any fears about aging in terms of like how it relates um, to your sexuality or your sex life? Sort of. Um, I've thought about it a lot. And what I sort of came to the conclusion to or of was that a lot of old people seem to still be really, really horny and still seem to enjoy sex. And since <laughs> I can't really fight aging more than I already am, uh-huh. um, I think I just have to go with the flow and accept it. Because, like, for a long time I was worried, but more about the dying aspect of aging than mm. the, the like, loss of sexuality. Because I feel like, you know, I'll be horny for a very long time. And then <laughs> if I'm not anymore, then maybe other stuff will become important to me. I don't know. But, um, <laughs> same. <laughs> you know, so that's yeah. sort of where I'm at. Um, mm-hmm. It's hard to worry about it for me because if I do, it'll envelop everything. Um, and I'm already doing that with like existence, so I can't do it with my sex drive too. <laughs> but yeah, no, it's uh, yeah. it's it's a little bit of a concern because like I know that there are times when I I think about like I've heard what people say their biggest regrets were before they die, Ooh. and Ooh. one of them by men was that they wish they'd had more sex in their youth, and I really Ooh. don't want to to be one of those men. And I feel like I'm doing a good job of that. But, you know, that's always a worry. Um, Ooh. Yeah, you told yeah. me once you wanted to live a million lives before you die. Um, yeah, and, I, and it's frustrating because th- you can't. <laughs> well, and, I mean, with sex, you kind of can limiting. because fantasy and role play, you know. I've been many, yeah. many people in my playtime. Um, and, yeah, fantasy is very important to me. Yeah. So The bedroom is definitely cool. one place where you can be. Um, Oh yeah. Um, Wear many hats (laughs) and other things. (laughs) Um, so I, I found this good article, uh, originally from grandparents.com. Uh, it was written by Kristen Sturt in April of 2015, cross posted on huffingtonpost.com. Six ways your vagina changes as you age. They also mean vulvin here and they do clarify that, but let's talk about a noticeable change in your vaginal area could be the graying, thinning, or loss of pubic hair. 
I actually don't really, I didn't think about this. And so I, I originally, I started volunteering with elderly people in a nursing facility when I was in high school. I did a little bit of unlicensed hospice care um, before I started stripping. And so I'd seen some elderly people, women specifically, like in and out of diapers or doing bathroom stuff. And yeah, there is like, if there is much less pubic hair, but I just hadn't thought about that in terms of myself. So I'm like, interesting. Um, yeah. Cause I have quite a bit, so I could spare some. <laughs> um, I know that when I was young, I used to actually be really concerned with gaining pubic hair and actually mm, any hair. Um, mm, I, was I remember that. That the appearance of hair was unattractive to me, even on men. Um, mm. I, I just don't like hair in general. Mm -hmm. And now I don't care as much about that, but it was super like it was a really big concern of mine um to the point that i even used to put on like these uh these lotions that like help slow like facial hair growth just mm -hmm. because i don't want i don't feel like a beard would look good on me unless i can grow a full beard and i really don't want to have patchy facial hair mm -hmm. um so i'm just gonna wait till like you know my body has decided that it's beard growing time um and i'm not really gonna indulge the like years before that you so. might never. I mean, you might always just look like a tall gay elf, and that's a good look for you. So, oh, God, let us hope not. Why not? <laughs> sometimes it's cute, and sometimes I just... Uh, you can pull uh, it off. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, you can. I was even looking uh, the other day. There's apparently this, like, surgery that, like, shaves down your ear cartilage to, like, make your ears smaller, and I was like, ooh, interesting. <laughs> Bookmark. <laughs> Bookmark. See? Tall gay elf. Yeah. It, it's your look. Yeah. Um, so the the uh alternate to uh losing uh pubic hair is less estrogen means that women might gain more hair on their face and other places they don't want um the changing vulva so in this article it says your vulva remains largely unchanged from your late teens to your 40s and even into your 50s at some point however we can begin to experience vulvovaginal atrophy vva also known as genitourinary syndrome of menopause, or GSM. Um, this is from the gradual loss of estrogen. This means the tissue on the vulva can become more pale and smoother, the labia less distinct, and the vulva will lose its fullness. Uh, the doctor quoted in here says, I don't think women need to be that concerned about it. Don't jump to labiaplasty. Simply wash the area gently with water and move on. I love that. Um, yeah. The vagina itself, the walls can become thinner, losing elasticity and moisture. Uh, this is why sex can become painful for older women, so more lubricant. I remember I found my grandma's, I assume it was my grandma's, but my grandparents' oh, prescription lubricant. lube? Yeah, in their motor home when we were, my sister was like, what is this? And I just read it. It was like, vaginal lubricant. <laughs> uh, anyway. Um, so there are, you know, moisturizers, there's low-dose hormones uh, in, the in the forms of pills, creams, or rings, and can be done by anyone who does gyno care. So this is a good quote here. If women value their sexual life, it's better to stay sexually active on a regular basis. And that, again, is the saying, if you don't use it, you lose it. This is for everyone. Because how do you keep your yeah. muscles strong and flexible? You use that muscle no matter what it is. It's your whole body. So you want the regular like blood flow stimulation. 
Um, I like this article says don't use douches. I was scrolling down um, some beauty products in Walgreens, um, their their online shop, and they had these douches called Summer's Eve douche. Um, and Classic. I looked at some of these scents, and I was like, okay, interesting. They seem to label themselves as a company that sanitizes and cleans your personal area. And it says, yes. do not use internally, use externally only. But yes. these scents are like, I, I read them, and it's like really strong, like almost like laundry or like, floral. like perfumey type scents. Yeah, often mm-hmm. floral. And then mm-hmm. um, the ingredients is like 60 ingredients long, which I, I think that I'm very much on the side of science. And I believe, you know, long ingredient lists aren't scary. But I think the, the more complexity you add to an ingredients list, the more risk there is of there being irritants or mm-hmm. things that can unbalance your pH. Um, and there can be issues with that. And I think they advertise themselves as not interfering at all. But I would Mm-mm. have a difficult time believing that with that level of, you know, like chemical scent mixed with like that long list of ingredients that has to have something that's irritating. Um, yeah. Really the only thing really... that should be there is like a basic like grease soap thing with like water, right? Like, I mean, like a bar of soap type thing. Um, yeah. And don't, even then don't... like a pH safe one. Don't put anything inside of you. And that's how they sneaky advertise where they're like, look, we even say don't put it inside you. However, they're marketing it to women who are yeah. going to put it inside themselves. Because that's, that's what they're where worried their about. vagina is. Exactly. Yeah. So, yeah, that stuff is poison. No good doctor is going to recommend it. Um, and a douche but- is generally something that's internal. So yeah, and I understand exactly. that there's several uses of the word douche. But like the fact that there's even overlap there is concerning. Um, yeah. especially if it's being marketed to like teenagers or young girls because like yeah if you're oh yeah concerned about something especially at like an age where you haven't had a lot of like communication about the issue with other mm-hmm. people you're probably going to try and overcompensate and mm-hmm. overcompensation yeah. may look like squirting an entire bottle of summer's eve douche inside yourself so that you'll mm-hmm. have quote-unquote like good sex so there was a um briefly briefly it couldn't go very far because terms of service I think limited against this even pre fosta but there was some kind of social media challenge where I don't remember what the hashtag was but it was basically like take a picture of the crotch of your panties ladies and if you have anything discharge in there your pussy is like nasty so like how many days can you go without any discharge which is fucking impossible like pussies discharge that's what they do especially around yeah. the time you're ovulating so. Um, there's so much misinformation and it fucking kills me. Oh my God. And that's why just, you cannot trust something that is for sale on a shelf simply because it's for sale on a shelf in America. You cannot, because there's a ton of shit that's marketed to us that we don't need. And that's why douche is a great insult because it's a piece of shit you don't need. (laughs) Douching, don't douche. Um, so, okay. So related to this, this article says the infection connection. The good news, aging doesn't necessarily mean more yeast infections, but the bad news is aging could mean more of those other infections because your estrogen's going down, so the flora of the vagina changes and the tissue around the urethra is thinner, so we become more prone to urinary tract infections. Also, says Dr. Swika, quoted here, also, because your skin, the epithelium, becomes thinner, you're more vulnerable to STIs and HIV. So something to think about um and especially in cases of like sexual assault against older people like yikes you know 
Um, sex drive. Your sex drive may change. Then again, it might not. Libido depends on a range of factors from hormones to your emotional state to physical limitations. And every person is different. Um, it says stay in practice if you want to keep your vagina lubricated, pliable and healthier. Um, and then it also mentions prolapse, which is, sounds terrible. It says 30 to 40 percent of women have some degree of prolapse in their lives. This means uh, organs start slipping out of position due to weakened f- pelvic floor muscles. People who are more likely to experience this are smokers and women who've had lots of children or people who've had lots of children. So they say, do your kegels. <laughs> um, and orgasms are another option because the contractions that you have when you're orgasming is ideal for your pelvic floor. Amazing. The doctor, Dr. Swicka says the contractions a woman has while she's orgasming, question mark. That's the ideal Kegel. Mm-hmm, <laughs> mm-hmm. I bet she said that with like a smile. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I love that. Uh, similarly, if you look up how does the penis age, I'm looking at Urology Care Foundation's little graph here. Color can change because blood flow to the penis decreases, making it appear lighter. Decreased blood flow may result in penile shortening. Uh, skin on the penis can appear patchy and irregular. Lower testosterone levels can make the penis less sensitive and erections less firm or hard. And urinary problems may decrease with age. What you can do to keep your penis healthy, maintain a healthy weight, eat a healthy diet, reduce stress, quit smoking, stay sexually active, love that, exercise often, get a good night's sleep, and drink alcohol in moderation. I'm going to continue reading it like this. Talk to your doctor if you notice. (laughs) Changes in the way you ejaculate. Bleeding during urination or ejaculation, warts, bumps, lesions, or rash, a severely bent or curved penis that causes pain or interferes with sexual activity, that could be Peyronie's disease, a burning sensation when you urinate, discharge from your penis, or a significant decline in sexual desire. Um, so, let's see. And then the voice at the end that says all the other super dangerous systems, like symptoms at the very end like <laughs> yeah, right totally <laughs> they had this bipolar ad uh, run on the on the tv yesterday and i kind of mm-hmm. looked at matt and i was like huh eh, that's funny and then they got to the end of the ad and it was like side effects may include sudden death or suicide and i'm like wait what <laughs> like what the fuck <laughs> uh, i'm like sudden can you death. imagine you're like hey you guys maybe i'll have like a normal mood today and then you just fucking like die. <laughs> like just fucking kidding. Uh, Killed myself. LOL. <laughs> um, yeah. So I wanted to hear from a few people. We'll take a break soon. We'll come back and hear from some more. But so I asked uh, some friends on Facebook, actually, because I have about 7000 followers on there. So I figured it's a big enough audience. Um, I said, how I'm asking the 40 plus crowd here regarding aging and sexuality. How has your body changed over the decades? Oh, one guy says, I definitely pre-aged myself with the abuse of alcohol. So cleaning up right before 40 and working to maintain that has had its own impact on my sex drive. Ooh, on the other hand, I give a lot less fucks about strict gender roles and I'm much more willing to find someone attractive because of who they are, not what. Ooh, I like that. Uh, This one says, I can remember having a sex drive. Aww from a guy too sad sex has gotten twice as good since i turned 40 bigger erections more into pleasing my partners than myself i've gotten a lot more kinky and discovered i'm poly 
I have serious relationships with two women. It's absolutely amazing. Ah. <laughs> uh. So these are all men so far. Um, this one says, my sex drive is normal. My insecurities have dwindled about who I am, what I have to offer, and how I feel about my body. I'm able to decide that jealousy is a waste of energy and let it go. If something doesn't work out, I don't assume something is wrong with either of us. It's lovely. I think that's about it. I love that. That's cool. Yeah. yeah. Uh, ooh, this one says, I'm more sexual than ever. I'm also more giving, less arrogant, and completely non-possessive. I am also completely alone and sad. <laughs> I don't have time Aww. to commit to anything. He's always very depressed, this person right here. No. Um, this person says, my, my dear bride and I are both 54. The hormonal decline for both of us has been a challenge. Libido changes, energy level decline, irritability, and feeling less, quote, sharp. We both get quite a bit of relief from all these symptoms with bioidentical hormone pellets from a naturopath in their local city. Hmm. Um, interesting. Yeah, I don't know. I personally am very fucking prepared for aging. If there's some sort of like mood swing thing, I've been having mood swings since I was like fucking awake. So, <laughs> like, yeah. Like, I feel like I was born and I just looked at the doctor and I was like, ah, oh, fuck. And then it was just like a roller coaster from that moment on. Of, like, <laughs> You're like, why? Being, like, either so happy that people think that I'm like, you know, high or something, and then like so depressed that I just don't move or like do anything. Mm -hmm. uh, so it's the fun in between tough yeah i really definitely all the time like yesterday i remember i was driving down the road and i just had a, a thought pop into my head i was like god i wish i was never born life is annoying <laughs> <laughs> yeah yeah we, i don't know yeah. who knows um all right one more of this one i like this because this relates to something we were just reading uh this lady says i just turned 40 in august so last year I've noticed changes. My sex drive is pretty great given monthly hormonal changes. I do notice that my vag is a lot more sensitive. I cannot use certain products like lubes that I used to. I get irritation more frequently after intercourse and I smell different. It's not BV or yeast infection. I just chalk it up to my hormones and my body chemistry changing. That's awesome. I mean, it's it's not, but it relates exactly to what we were hearing. So maybe I should get back to her and be like, here's this article if you want to know more. She says, uh, it doesn't seem to bother my lovers. I agree with being more confident, accepting of my body, and not giving as much of a fuck as I did when I was younger. I'm looking forward to aging forward. Cool. Yeah. Let's take a break. Rax is the first native app designed by and for sex workers. With unique features like a social feed, club reviews, income tracking, and event calendars, use it to grow your business at the touch of a button. For more information on Racks and more events, in-depth courses, and free content for adult entertainers, visit www.racks2riches.com. R-A-C-K-S-2-Riches.com. And just for Strange Bedfellows listeners, use discount code SBP at checkout for 10% off any educational products. Are you looking for personalized, non-judgmental medical care in Portland metro area? Solace Health, the office of Dr. Eric Shalan, provides full-spectrum primary care services including chronic disease and psychiatric medical management, acute injury and illness treatment, and men and women's sexual health in a unique model operating outside of the usual insurance system. Experience relaxed one-hour appointments with same-day availability, as well as direct physician access via text, email, or phone for a flat monthly fee of $67 to $100 regardless of insurance coverage. Visit solacehealthpdx.com 
That's S-O-L-A-C-E-HealthPDX.com for more information or call to schedule a free, no-obligation consultation to see if Solace Health is the right fit for your needs. 503-231-3371, SolaceHealthPDX.com. Welcome back to Strange Bedfellows. We're reading comments that people have about what it's like to be aging in the sexual process. Mm-hmm. And we have a comment from one of our previous uh, guest episodes, Sienna Newcastle, who says, mm. menopause sucks. That is all. <laughs> <laughs> she would. Uh, yeah. This guy says, around 40, I noticed the easy freebie erections were over. I thought it was maybe time to start checking into ED medications. Then I met my girlfriend of two years now, and her chemistry is off the charts. I'm thankful for the power of chemistry. So you hear that, youngsters? Don't take your freebie easy erection, easy freebie erections God, for granted. I am so fucking thankful that those, like, at least the the sporadic, like, inappropriate ones are over. Like, mm. oh my god, <laughs> I used to get erections so often in cars, like, just from the driving, like, just from like the the being on the road. It was the most annoying thing ever. I would have to like count down from like thirty before we would arrive at a place to like lose the boner, and then like so I could step out of the car. <laughs> uh, they, they don't tell you how hard it is being a man that was, that was sarcasm but yeah uh, no but that's i mean that's one thing that that female bodies don't really have to worry about um no. Ooh, this one's funny my sex drive is as strong as ever and so is my ethic of consent and invitation those are in caps <laughs> uh ooh. Um, okay last one i'll read here and then you go ahead um, this person says that they grew up with abnormally high testosterone levels, so they dealt with anger, hair growth, becoming a giant, and medications not working right, and medical issues because of that all my life. So hitting 40 and having the levels drop has been wonderful. Wow. I'll st- <laughs> it says, although the physical effects will never go away, I'll always be a hairy giant. My sex drive has decreased slightly, and instead of having sex all day and night, I have sex all night and yes i'm aware of the issues of maintaining erections for that long i actually feel like maybe the only issue would just like you need to rest like all your other organs (laughs) (laughs) i'm gonna look that up uh this one says still a freak in the sheets (laughs) i uh do you ever think of like humans as just like sort of like all the same person having like completely different experiences depending on like where they've been placed in like life and mm-hmm. like geographically and societally and but it's basically just all the same like human organism going through like seven billion different experiences mm-hmm. that's how I, I thought about that the other day when i was thinking about like people experiencing sex and having their own kinks and their own you know the things that turn them on turn them off it's really all just like you know what clicks in your brain plus like your upbringing um mm-hmm. and like you know the, the impressions that your environment around you have left on on your brain so mm-hmm. it's sort of interesting to think that like you know some people still like <laughs> uh seem so regressive and so like judgy and and then like we're in better bubbles you know like you i live in a bubble you live in a bubble um but mm-hmm. we live in these bubbles where people are able to talk about this and and don't feel this like almost like Neanderthal, like, like, like this, like, you know, like this primal human sort of like, um, 
anger at other people because of like the, the lack of communication that's set up. And I feel like mm -hmm. when, because it's because of communication that we're able to get things like past like toxic uh, jealousy or toxic monogamy, like whether you like monogamy or not, like toxic monogamy is a problem um, and there is healthy monogamy. So it's kind of interesting to see, you know, like the, the evolution of discussion hasn't caught up in some places. Like I think of other parts of the United States and I'm just like, uh, like I would never be able to have this convo with you, you know, mm -mm. even in public, mm -hmm. like at a table somewhere. It would be weird. Mm -hmm. Like people would, mm -hmm. you know, have a problem with it. Could it could be dangerous. But mm -hmm. we go to other places and it's like the the narrative is so different. Um, mm -hmm. We're very lucky to be yeah. here. No. Happy to be on the uh, internet airwaves. Um, oh, so when blood is trapped in the penis too long, it can't get the oxygen it needs back, like cycling in the rest of the body. So it can begin to damage or destroy tissues in the penis. Oh, I heard they like withdraw like blood with a big needle when that happens. Yeah. To like drain the penis. And that yeah. is like the worst thing I've ever, ever heard. Because that's mm -hmm. like spongy tissue. And I. Uh, uh, God, think uh, of a needle going into your clitoris right now. Anyone else who doesn't I'm, have a penis. Mm -hmm. <gasps> All right. Okay. Moving on. Um, <laughs> so let's do our last ever questionable lyrics. From a classic song that many of us fellow white people grew up hearing and everyone else probably Roxanne by the police. Um, it's about a sex worker. <laughs> it's about a sex worker that a man wants to date, but she needs to stop sex working. Roxanne, you don't have to put on the red light. Those days are over. You don't have to sell your body to the night. Roxanne. <laughs> mm -hmm. Interesting. So like the red light's like a reference to like, you know, a red light district sex work and then yeah. just to sell your body tonight. Yeah. You but. don't have to wear that dress tonight. Walk the streets for money. You don't care if it's wrong or if it's right. So Roxanne works outdoors, apparently. Um, or maybe she doesn't, you know, maybe she works indoors and he doesn't know. It's just a euphemism. Yeah. Either way. It I mean, you know. Yeah. yeah, either way, people fall in love with people all the time or feel possessiveness no matter what they do. Um, so going down, let's see. <laughs> and then there's chorus. I loved you since I knew you. I wouldn't talk down to you. I have to tell you just how I feel. I won't share you with another boy. <laughs> I wouldn't talk down to you. I'm just telling you what to do. Then he goes on to say, I know my mind is made up, so put away your makeup. Told you once, I won't tell you again. It's a bad way. And then he just says her name over and over again until the end. You don't have to put on the red light. Um, ew, creepy fuckboy. Stop it. <laughs> this is just a great example of a man showing possessiveness. Um, it's definitely possessive language. Uh, yeah. I wouldn't talk mm -hmm. down to you. I won't share you with another boy. It almost sounds like and, he's talking to a toy. And like, he also not says, like a woman. But yeah, I told you once, I won't tell you again. Or else what? What are you going to do? Hit me? Beat me? Cool. You know, like walk away, leave me alone. Cool. Do that. <laughs> this relates yeah. to a listener question that I want to do in a little bit. Um, anyway, so that's all. Uh, there's a lot of people that hear this song, and I wonder if they 
think about the lyrics in that way or think about them at all. But now, maybe next time you will. Yeah. All right. Let's do some listener questions. John, could you read the first one? Yes. (laughs) Um... I feel like being sober could potentially fuck up my bag because the majority of people coming in are already drunk or on drugs or looking to indulge. I feel like turning down things could make me seem boring and not fun. Should I communicate with the bartender and ask that only soda be put in my ordered drinks? Do I be upfront about being sober? I'm very curious about your opinion on this. Mm. Ooh, I remember when you and Jen talked about this on an episode mm-hmm. where we sort of talked about what... The procedure is sometimes for dancers who don't want to be served alcohol, whether they're like, you know, people with alcoholic tendencies or people who just don't want to be drinking all night um, Mm -hmm. for their like skin or muscles or whatever. Um, And I know that you had said that some people will have like, you know, sort of like talk to the the bartenders so that they don't have alcohol in their drinks. Um, mm-hmm. but that like in most places that's like illegal because if a customer pays for a drink, they're technically supposed to get the alcohol, even if they're not drinking it. So I worked in the strip club until I was 17 weeks pregnant and I wasn't showing, but most people give birth between 38 and 42 weeks. So I, you know, almost half my pregnancy, um, I had a long pregnancy, but anyway, so I had to deal with this for a while, for four, eight, twelve, yeah, four months. Um, <laughs> and I will say that some bartenders will help you and they will be glad to because they don't want you to get fucked up either or they've been strippers themselves or they understand, you know, or they're just sober, whatever. Um, yeah. And some of them will help you like make it a game, like be like, oh, L, do you want your special, you know, and have like a separate bottle or something. I don't do that yeah. anymore. I'm entirely sober now. So I just tend to avoid the bar um in clubs you can do this sometimes when you don't make money from like selling drinks it's really hard to work in clubs where like you get bonuses or better booking because you can hustle for drinks so if the bartender's not going to help you um one of the things i like to do is act like i'm kind of drunk already and then if someone wants to buy me a drink I'm just like oh my god thank you I'm already kind of fucked up though like could I have a soda like I'd love a soda (laughs) so this way yeah this way if they're like I want to party you know because someone who's like oh I've been on a four-day coke binge like can I buy you a drink they're not going to want me to be like oh no that's bad for you I don't drink you know so if you want to be sneaky Pete you can (laughs) sneaky stripper you can be like oh I wish you know but like can I have some juice or a soda whatever Sometimes (laughs) Sometimes <laughs> that works. <laughs> can I have some um, juice? Can I have can some, some apple juice, juice in a carton? Just you like- can also, <laughs> you can encourage the venue if possible, be like, hey, I don't want to get fucked up. Or also something I mentioned to one of the owners once, I said, you know, I don't mind people buying me drinks and I could like, when I wasn't sober, sober, I would take like a baby sip and then either ask another coworker, like, do you want this? Um, not that it's a great practice, like germ or safety wise to be handing off drinks, but you know, like, I guess look around your environment. Um, and for a while that made people happy too. Cause I'd just be like, Hey, do you want a tequila? Like, I'm sure someone will buy me one and I'll just give it to you. Uh, but so it just really depends yeah. where you work. Yeah. 
Um, but I've at this point, I've just kind of changed my hustle where I'll hold like a mug of tea or something that's like already looks like I have a drink, like just soda water and lime and ice. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And then people be like, oh, would you like a drink? And I'm like, oh, thank you. I'm already good. Like, can I sit for a minute? And then this way I can just kind of maybe ask if they want to dance and cut to the chase. <laughs> yeah. Um, thank you. Let's see. What else? Oh, I want to read this next one. Okay. Sometimes I post messages we get on our Patreon, and this was one of them. Or I post messages that I get on my social media. Sometimes I share them to our uh, our Patreon. Hi, stripper writer. I'm coming to you for advice, I guess. I've always wanted to be a stripper. <laughs> it's always come off to me as such an empowering line of work. Well, sometimes. Not to mention I would hate to be stuck behind a desk for the rest of my life. Yet my current boyfriend, who I'm also planning in with soon, hates the idea of me stripping because, quote, your naked is mine, end quote. His exact words. He also feels it would be embarrassing for him to be with a woman who is also a stripper. So I'm at a crossroads. Should I take charge and do what I want or should I respect him and not make him uncomfortable? I think we know what I'm going to say. Yeah. <laughs> I'm torn because I never wanted to give anyone control over my body, especially after the sexual abuse I've endured through the years. But I also don't want him to think I don't respect him. Yeah. So I would say fuck him and, you know, do your thing. Bye. Um. Your your desire for money will be along longer than or around longer than him, and the the good things you will get from sex work will be around longer than him. And also Maybe. the fact that he is like possessive and shitty, you know, yeah, just sounds awful. At at the very least, the advice I would give is he doesn't seem like he actually wants you to have respected boundaries he wants to control your boundaries and it's not like a communication about how you guys can make it work it's a communication of you submitting to him and his desires so to me i'm not a huge fan of this guy already but i don't yeah. know what do you think all um so she says it's always seemed really empowering you know it can be downright degrading it depends again where you work and how supported you are in the venue or um you know with the company you book with or whatever um, no matter what sex work you're doing. So it turns out, what if she tries it, she hates it, and she's like, great, now I'm single and I hate this. So I would say, <laughs> if you want to try, you can try and see how he reacts, but I would expect that you will at some point need to absolutely end this relationship because when you have a bad night at work, and you will, and this is what I said to her, even me, when I have a bad night at work, I know that I will come home to a partner that won't make me feel like I deserved it because that is something that happens when people's partners are like, oh, well, that's what that's what you get for having a dangerous like horror job, I guess. Like I, you should quit instead of being like, oh, my God, I'm so sorry someone did that to you. I wish people, you know, I wish your clients were all respectful. What do you need? So I said he's going to blame you. Um, and I've seen this many times. So I said, yeah, you know, he it's clear he sees your body as an extension of his and something he should be allowed to control. So try it. If you like it, rad. Dump him. <laughs> if you don't like it, you'll probably need to dump him in the future anyway. <laughs> and I laugh not because I think it's funny, but just because it's like, I don't know, I guess I laugh when I otherwise would just scream. Yeah. Hey, my mom yeah. does that too. Um, oh. Also... <laughs> 
she she laughs when she's about to cry or scream because it's mm. like a I don't know a better alternative. Um, mm-hmm. But I was going to say to the listener who asked that maybe if you break up with your boyfriend and then you tell him where you work, he can come actually pay for your time. <laughs> <laughs> god oh the laugh i'm just, I just being gave. sassy maybe maybe don't do that i don't know that yeah, might be a bad idea, but you're funny <laughs> um here's a good question can you read number three with any job there are days when you just don't want to go to work but i know things are different being a dancer how do you motivate yourself or get in the right mindset to work when you really don't want to so what do you do when it's been like a really long day and you're tired and 6 p.m rolls around and you know that in like two and a half hours you've got to be at work getting ready for like five hours of just like non-stop dancing and like walking around and talking to people what makes you like jump out of bed or or get up and get into the car oh my god So at this point, um, while I am in the midst of another burnout cycle um, (laughs) and you're really explaining my life, um, I remind myself that I will not have money if I don't go to work. Like, honestly, that's that's just the biggest thing about it. And also, if I don't show up to my shifts enough, I'm just going to stop getting booked. So my my insane. Yeah, well, I know, like, I know I just. I'm not going to find money at home, you know, no matter how burnt out yeah. I am sitting in the dressing room. There's no money in the dressing room sitting at home. There's no money at home. Like I have to, um, but you know, so how do I help, you know, perk up is I will put on music. I like, I will try to dig through my clothes and find something I haven't worn. Um, if I really, really need a refresher and I can justify it, like I will go buy something like cheap, or inexpensive or maybe even something nice but something that I will you know can justify using for work that'll lift my mood sometimes the right new outfit like the saying like sometimes you got to spend money to make money that can be true um yeah I'll switch up my work music this is all stuff in the club but I just try to find different ways to like (laughs) mix up my day I'll try a different like tea in my in my tea mug (laughs) you know how can I make this feel less like groundhog day um there's a Nine Inch Nails song that plays not very often, but once in a while in the club. Every day is exactly the same, I think is the lyric. I just hear that sometimes in the club and I look at the DJ and I'm like, yep, <laughs> here we are again. <laughs> We're burnt out. It's okay. But, you know, it's the little things. And then I also remind myself, you know what? Like life is hard, but I'm so glad I have a roof over my head. And at the very least, I don't have to hunt for my food and I don't have to worry about other animals eating me. So, all right, let's go dance. (laughs) I do a lot of like perspective checks that way. I'm like, how could it be worse? Well, I could live in like a war struck country where there could be bombs going off over me right now. Okay, it's fine. I'll go to the club. (laughs) (laughs) Honestly, (laughs) that's 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 how my brain works. I'm like, well. I'm not struggling I have to, play to actually all sorts survive. Of mind games too. Do you ever feel like that? Like that you have to play mind games with yourself to motivate yourself? Like says yeah. that he doesn't have to do that, but like he sees it in me. Um, mm. So like I, I have to tell myself, you know, like, hey, when in five minutes, when like the the hand of the clock hits that exact part of the clock, my brain will like you know unlock and allow me to get up from bed and go do what I need to do and like all these weird like motivational things are like mm-hmm. yeah mm-hmm. 
uh, I don't mm-hmm. know if it's like OCD or autism <laughs> or just like my personality or all three and I, yeah. I don't know because I do that too like when I don't want to get out of the shower I'm like okay absolutely in 30 seconds like I'm getting out like I'm counting down yeah. now and it's like you, if I yeah. procrastinate and I like set a time to like force myself to do it like those two combined is how I get shit done like mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. 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 yeah um Ooh, this relates to this last listener question can you read number two I have a short answer for it sure I try to fully support sex workers and things that keep them safe. I struggle with wanting to be sex positive and an ally for sex workers because I worry so much about people who are forced, trafficked, or coerced into sex work. Is there a middle ground? No, because anything you buy, anything you buy or any kind of labor can always be exploited. Any kind. Absolutely any of your clothes, any of your food, the labor that built the building that you're in, you know. So no, under capitalism, the, like there's no middle ground where you can be like, I feel 100% fine with supporting an entire industry because no one will ever be abused in it. Look at Boy Scouts of America. They're filing for bankruptcy because they had so many pedophiles and abusers in that organization. Does this mean that like after school groups and like hobbies and organizations shouldn't exist for children. Absolutely not. So the middle ground is accepting that people are always going to be exploiting each other because human beings do that. And they always have since the beginning of time. And you can support people who are forced or trafficked or coerced or do it consensually by supporting decriminalization. That's my answer. <laughs> what do you my think? My thought is that if they actually do care so much about people who are being trafficked and marginalized, um, probably what they could do is to support, you know, sex workers that aren't being trafficked or coerced because then sex workers have a louder voice. And when sex workers have a louder voice, we can actually have legislation passed that would allow people to be protected by laws and to decriminalize mm. sex work so that we set mm. up our legal system for success rather than failure. <laughs> But that's a good answer. That's a good answer. All right. With that, let's take our second break. Hey, friends, are you sick of razor burn? Have your nethers cleaned up by the pros at Netherlands Wax in Vancouver, Washington, where experienced owner estheticians have performed literally thousands of Brazilian waxes. Netherlands Wax is gender neutral, sex positive, trans and queer welcoming, kink positive and body positive. We are just over the 205 bridge in Vancouver, Washington worth the drive find us on facebook yelp or netherlandswax.com are you a man looking for insight into the male brain looking for a safe space to hear discussions about the problems men face every day are you struggling in daily life but finding it hard to pinpoint the cause maybe your relationship is suffering maybe your job is sucking the life out of you or maybe you love sex but aren't having any maybe you're just finding it hard to feel genuine connections Well, head on over to the Brome podcast, where hosts Ben and Joe discuss many of the issues we face in daily life, but have little guidance in. You'll learn from the bros and from guests like Elle on how to talk to women or any fellow human being, how to be more understanding and compassionate towards others, how to listen to your partners in the sack, and much more. Brome podcast, B-R-O-A-U-M. Again, that's B-R-O-A-U-M. Are you looking for a sex worker-friendly therapist who specializes in gender and sexuality in the Portland, Oregon, or Vancouver, Washington area? Sue Uveri is licensed in both states. 
Visit www.genderandsextherapy.com to learn more about Sue's offerings and her experience working with adults, youth, queer, and trans folks. Sue also accepts sliding scale rates for cash-only clients. Visit genderandsextherapy.com to meet Sue and to create a path to self-care and wellness. Welcome back to Strange Bedfellows Podcast. Next week, we're going to have Jen join us for our last episode ever. Oh my God, how could I not announce that in the beginning? (gasps) That's right. Our season one co-host, Jen. Jennifer. (laughs) I still, I see this client. Uh, You'll hear it in the episode. He's like, how's Jennifer? Um, Oh, that's so cute. It's so cute. Um, until then, let's talk about something that we all relate to, all three of us, and have talked about before, anxiety or panic attacks. Yes. I should say anxiety and panic attacks because it turns out they're two different things. Um, this article was written by Lauren Geel on stylist.co.uk. The difference between an anxiety attack and a panic attack, published 2020. They talked to Dr. Pablo Vandina Beal, clinical director for mental health at Bupa UK. So he says that he doesn't use the term anxiety attack because he feels that the nature of anxiety is more long lasting and persistent. So he says anxiety and panic attacks share some similar symptoms, but they are different. From a clinical perspective, anxiety is often regarded as a persistent and longer-term state of worry and tension. Panic attacks are usually relatively short-lived episodes of overwhelming anxiety, usually lasting a matter of minutes that may be associated with a range of physical symptoms, including shortness of breath, palpitations, butterflies in the stomach, pins and needles, stuff like that. He says, while they do share a few key symptoms and feelings, there's a big difference between the two, their origin. He says panic attacks can come out of the blue while anxiety is often associated with a trigger. Um, it's not always possible to explain exactly why panic attacks happen. For some people, panic attacks are triggered by certain situations that make them anxious while others can happen for no reason. Yeah. Well, Yeah. Um, I remember the first time I had a panic attack and I didn't know what was happening and then I realized what it was is I I was at work and my coworker who I really cared about, we were like dating and, and intimate at the time. She was going through something really terrible. And then I, while I was on the phone getting some other bad news, I watched a car accident happen like right in oh, front of me shit. on the street. Yeah. <laughs> and I just started hyperventilating and like, had to sit down and felt like, you know, I knew something like what the fuck is happening. So I think for me, it was the car crash that put me over, even though that wasn't, you know, that on its own might not have triggered it. Yeah. Uh, So anyway, what do you think? You feel like, you know, the difference. Panic attacks are, I don't know. I would say like a panic attack is probably a more, maybe like a more intense version of an anxiety attack. Um, For me, it seems like it's more just all along a scale. Um, But I don't know. Um, For me, anxiety attacks tend to be very internal. Um, And if I have the option to, I try to remove myself from the environment. But if I'm having Mm -hmm. like an actual panic attack where like I feel like my brain is like really foggy and I feel like 
you know, I can't be in a room or something and I have to leave. Like, I've had panic attacks before and it tends to just feel like adrenaline to the max, fuzzy brain, Mm -hmm. inability to think clearly, like shortness of breath. Like, yeah, sort of what it says here, too. And and I don't know that I'd be able to tell you the difference other than, like, maybe anxiety attacks are less memorable to me than panic attacks. Um, Interesting. And panic attacks are a lot more rare for me than than anxiety attacks. Okay. Um, So he says here, panic attacks usually reach their peak within 10 minutes and can last between 20 and 30. Around one in three people experience panic attacks in their lifetime. Anxiety attacks come on gradually and vary on how long they last. Then he says cognitive behavioral therapy can help manage anxiety uh, or medication or yoga, meditation. uh, Yeah, stuff we've talked about throughout the season. So I just thought that was interesting. Language is impactful. So I like to specify whether I'm feeling anxious or whether I'm having a panic attack. You know, I should talk to B about oh. that. <laughs> um, I want to talk about the future of sex. Panic attacks can probably also start to feel like anxiety attacks, like or just anxiety, you know, because when you're having it all the time, nonstop, I feel like there's a certain degree. It's almost like people who have chronic pain having a higher pain tolerance. Um, Mm. like I, I really do think there's something to being anxious all the time, making you less aware of how anxious you really are, because sometimes I'll compare my baseline to like my boyfriend's and he's a lot calmer of a person. Um, Mm -hmm. and he's, he's even joked, you know, like everything makes you anxious. And I'm like, yes, that's because everything does. (laughs) Um, but, Mm -hmm. but it's like, you know, it's different people have different baselines and, um, that's, that's important to, to remember too, because when someone's describing their experience to you, keep in mind, like, you know, it might not be the same point of view that, that you're Mm -hmm. seeing it from. Mm -hmm. From a, yeah, from a clinical expert or whatever. That is a good point, John. Uh, something that was giving some people anxiety and I had a woman reach out to me. She's like, what do you think of this? I'm not too worried. And I'll tell you in a few minutes why, um, Chatterbait was host or is hosting. I still believe a anime virtual cam girl, cam performer, cam model called project melody. Yeah. Um, 3D hentai cam girl is a rising star on Chatterbait and real models on the platform are concerned. <laughs> um, so people were um, loving this cartoon, this like computer simulated cartoon, and they were tipping it crazy. <laughs> and, really? And real humans were like, you know that you're tipping a computer. Like, where's the money going? That's weird. Yeah. Um. <laughs> Vice in this piece here, this was on boingboing.net. They have a lot of tech um, gadgets and futuristic articles, uh, science and whatnot. Um, Vice News wrote and interviewed a real human chatterbait performer, Lennox May, on what she thinks of having to compete with the platform's first CGI model. Sounds like a stab in the back. For real. Oh, yeah. She says... Um, She says, overall, from a scientific and technology perspective, I think Project Melody is genius, but it needs to be presented to the world in a way that is still fair to everyone else. There are thousands of models who try all day spending long hours for more than the average work week to get to the front page of a campsite, and some never do. So how did this anime avatar (laughs) slip through and become so successful? I think there's a huge demand for people who like 
hentai cartoon porn and that's it i'm honestly I, i totally agree with lennox may i am for myself not concerned because if someone's going to prefer a cartoon to me there's nothing i can do about that and i think there's always going to be people that will prefer real humans to a cartoon so yeah i don't worry about this replacing us in china there's one pop star who is incredibly famous and she's just digital um she has holographic you know stuff like that and like holographic performances concerts stuff like that but but she's actually based on cgi so it's it's a person behind where no one is ever seeing it wearing a green suit who's like you know dancing and doing all the stuff and then the holographic image is of a model so i imagine chatterbait doesn't have this maybe they do that would be interesting to look into but Mm -hmm. that would be a way for them to make it accessible to all performers is to just be like hey you can import your character model you can customize it to make it look like yourself and then you can if you have the cgi equipment also participate it's probably a higher barrier to entry but at least that way it's not just like 50 computers at chatterbait making like all the money while everyone else is trying to like grasp at Mm -hmm. like the straws like you know remaining Mm -hmm. um i think it's sort of a shitty way to stop people on the back if you're asking me if there's no Mm -hmm. no way at all that this money that chatterbait is making from that is going to the performers um I, I actually see a few solutions for them. The first solution, in my opinion, is to have a portion of that money diverted towards paying Chatterbait's maintenance fees so that dancers don't have to have any percentage cut from the amount of donations they get, um, mm-hmm. or cameras, rather. Because mm-hmm. as a camera, you donate a certain portion um, to the Chatterbait, or you pay a certain portion to Chatterbait. And whether that's through the people buying tokens and something being shaved off there, or whether it's through you cashing out your tokens and paying a fee, um, I don't see why performers should have to pay any more than, I mean, even at all. If if they're going mm-hmm. to be, if there's going to be competition with bots after they built up Chatterbait to be what it is, um, mm-hmm. I don't see why they wouldn't just migrate to another platform if Chatterbait's just going to give preference to their own <laughs> their own cyber model um seems a little it, weird. it'll be interesting to see if other websites do this i actually looked at a little bit of her session it's hosted on um Pornhub, i believe and it was weird she was acting i mean she it was acting like a real person where she's like oh Maybe i wish i could CGI. just give you all a hug i don't know oh <laughs> i know terrifying <laughs> i know <laughs> yeah she's like mm. <laughs> anyway uh yeah, and oh, and that was another thing watching it. There was also like some weird little mashups of people being like, this is so much better than a real girl. And I was like, okay. <laughs> like, you get to feel that way, definitely. But I mean, thank goodness for real women, I guess, because otherwise this wouldn't be a thing. <sighs> so that'll be interesting yeah. to see how that goes. I want to end this episode with a reflection on how much all of this can really pile on to people in terms of being aware of politics and the goings on in the world around us and then also getting involved because this whole show we've encouraged people to get involved in, you know, their local like communities or their own self-care or activism. So this is on supermaker.com. Accumulating Mental Health Costs, The Toll of Activism and Political Work 
Millennials and Gen Z activism is more widespread than ever. It's worth examining the potentially negative effects of this work, especially when it comes to mental health. And so they talked to some canvassers, uh, someone who fundraised for Planned Parenthood, um, different folks. There's a great quote in here. (laughs) This is sometimes how I really feel, especially on social media, in like some so-called radical feminist like thread where they're arguing against sex work. You are surrounded by a ton of opposition from people that don't entirely understand what you are saying and yet disagree with you so strongly. Um, so coping with activist burnout. (sighs) Oh yeah. It also points out that, um, so this Dr. Gorski quoted here says that many activists regularly internalize the widespread suffering they witness further exacerbating effects of burnout and mental illness. And for those whose identities and lived experiences are inextricably tied to their activist work, these challenges can be even more pronounced. Um, so just what we said in like our last, um, guest episode with not our last one, I'm sorry, in our episode with Sienna Newcastle, you know, remember what you're fighting for, like pick a, pick a hill, pick a battle, pick your battles, take breaks, and then remember why you started. Um, but yeah, that's just something I wanted to bring up and keep in mind. Uh, yeah, I deal with burnout because I had a stripping shift Friday, webcam on Saturday, stripping on tonight, Sunday, uh, as we record this, obviously I'm working all day today. Um, whoring on Monday. Uh, I thought that was worth (laughs) mentioning. (laughs) Um, I had to buy dental dams. I don't know if we'll use them, but he was interested in maybe. So I'm like, I'll bring them. Yeah. Um, And what else? Oh, yeah. And then stripping on Tuesday. So I realized I booked myself like a crazy person. Um, But it's a good thing we have all these tools. So if you say hi to me in the club, just remember I don't get enough sleep. (laughs) All right, John. So I'm looking forward to next week with Jen and you. That's going to be lots of fun. Thanks to everybody who has been so supportive in sharing the show. Uh, Definitely follow our adventures online on Patreon. Anything you want to add, John? Um, thanks for sticking with us throughout the show, and thanks for listening and, you know, talking to us, too. And uh, mm-hmm. that's sort mm-hmm. of it. Stay tuned, yeah. I guess, is all I want to say <laughs> mm-hmm. for, for whatever's next. Mm-hmm. All right, cool. Talk to you next week. Thank you for listening to Strange Bedfellows Podcast. To find behind-the-scenes photos, bonus clips, and journals from your guests and hosts, type www.patreon, that's p-a-t-r-e-o-n.com forward slash strange bedfellows and join for only $1. Find us online at strangebedfellowspdx.com and Instagram at strangebedfellowspdx. You can find me, L Stanger, on stripperwriter.com and Instagram as L Stanger. Write your hate mail or sex and relationship questions to pillow talk at strangebedfellowspdx.com and find me, John, on Instagram at metric.cafe. Please rate and review our show on your favorite listening app. Thanks for supporting sex education and freedom of expression.